Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They, they, they join us here in just a few seconds here on the old Skip Skype, the old Skyper Rooney. And, um,. It is, uh, I love this background. <laughs> this, this thing you got up here today. <laughs> what, what, what motivated you to do this? I, I, did, I, I sent you, I sent you an IQ, my first <laughs> video commentary. Yes. And the video commentary I did over the weekend was on, um, the $1.9 trillion stimulus deal and how such so little of it's going to COVID relief. And we're being led to believe it's all. Jan Psaki said yesterday, well, 90% is going to relief. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's like maybe less yeah. than 10%. So we're talking about COVID-19. And I went on to Google and did a search. And I found this great visual of both the helix for the DNA and the, the prickly virus profile. Yes. And I found a picture that was colorful and different and that's what i decided to use as a background it's just amazing it's just amazing uh, the, the colors everything it's great well uh i think we've got our next guest uh yes. joining us uh we have got marilyn anderson with us today and uh skype is in the process of calling richard her uh, her co-author so hopefully he he joins us as well at some point along the way here um, so Marilyn, you have an interesting book. I had you on our iHeart show, uh, about a month ago. And the minute you started talking, I went, I have to get you on with Perkins and Rizzoli. And so I've got you and Richard here today. So tell us about your book here on honor killings. And then we're going to unleash IQ on you. <laughs> Well, actually, um, Dishonor Thy Father is a fictional book. It's a novel uh, that is a mystery thriller. And uh, it was inspired by the issue of honor killings. Yes. But it's really about a brilliant female doctor, a uh, an obsessed detective, and the bizarre murder that brings them together. And the murder, when they start investigating, they realize... Uh, along the way, there's a lot of different suspects, but it can be uh, that it is tied to uh, an attempted honor killing many years before. So it has lots of twists and turns, but the honor killing is definitely uh, a part of it. And part of the reason we did it was to bring awareness to this uh, issue, which is which is still happening, not only in foreign countries, but in the in the United States as well. Hey Jim. Yes. Could you could our guest please tell us what an honor killing is? Yes. It sounds like an honorable killing, and I'm not sure that that's what's going on. So <laughs> yes, Richard or Marilyn, help, jump help, jump help in the there and explain. Understand this. what an honor killing is. Yes. Richard, do you want to take this one? I would be sadly unhappy to. Yes. <laughs> uh, an honor killing is uh, when a young girl or a wife of uh, uh, 
of a man is in public and does something that they would consider immodest. Yes. And that immodesty could be anything from holding hands, kissing. Um, if they, if that happens, essentially they have uh, blemished the honor of the family. And the only way to reclaim the good name of the family is to kill the, the offender, the woman. And that can even be if, uh, if a woman is raped and it's, she is not consenting. It brings a stain and a blemish on the family. And sadly, uh, those in that fundamentalist persp uh, uh, point of view from that religion will, will have to kill the woman to reclaim the name. So are we talking about a religious cult or a belief in major religion in the world, or what? It's not a religious cult. It is, but it is in a, I guess you could say, a wing of uh, the Islamic uh, religion. <laughs> okay. IQ. I that, but I wasn't sure. I, I yeah. IQ Al Rizzoli, that, that this is in your wheelhouse, baby. I, I know you've probably got some questions for, for Marilyn and Richard. Go ahead, my friend. No, it's not a comment. It's not a question. It's a comment. This is not part of the religion. It is the religion. It is mandated in Sharia. So to speak that some people in Islam, it's not some people in Islam. It is Islam. And people are afraid to mention it in America. I'm not in America. I'm in Europe. I have the right to say whatever I want. It is in Islam. It is mandated in Sharia, and nobody can change. And by the way, it has nothing to do with honor. The Muslim man has no honor. He imposes his concept of honor on the female. So you have today 750 million women in Islam who are treated one little step up high the ladder of evolution, the domestic animal. So we should call it the way it should be called and not be afraid. Back to you. Okay, Dan, <laughs> your take, well, baby. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I don't have the experience that IQ has, but I did write a, a novel on uh, Islamic terrorists, actually four novels, um, and I tried to explain the differences in the relationship between males and females and husbands and wives, um, but it... it, it it is something that we are not accustomed to in the United States. I would like to follow up with something Marilyn said. Did I, first of all, I want to make sure that I heard it correctly. Did you suggest that honor killings are taking place in the United States? Yes, there have been a, a number of honor killings in the United States. And actually, the reason we decided and came up with the book was because Richard had read an article about uh, a young woman in Florida, I believe, that was killed and it was an honor killing. And even just recently, um, the man who was uh, guilty of killing his two teenage daughters and he was on the lam mm -hmm. for 12 years and I think he was just found in Ohio and brought to justice, but that was something that happened here. And it was because his two teenage daughters were on um, they were on social media, and he ended up 
killing his two daughters and then going um, undercover, so to speak. And they just found him 12 years later and brought him to justice. So it's not as common in the United States as in other places, but it does happen here. And of course, it's a terrible, terrible uh, crime. Richard, do you see this happening in, in greater numbers in the Middle East or in Europe? I, my understanding is that it mostly happens in the Middle East uh, and possibly in Europe because there have been cases that have been reported on there as well. Uh, I do know that uh, I think in 2020, Iran finally outlawed honor killing. But despite the outlawing of honor killing, there were three deaths that happened. It's just a custom that some people will not let go of. I would say that that one one saving grace, one good thing, there is a, a range of belief within every religion. There are people who are who adhere more strictly and people who are not as um, adamant about what their beliefs are. So uh, I would say that it's it, 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 in terms of everything that I know, uh, not everybody subscribes to it and does it. And it may be mandated, but just as within every religion, there are things that are prescribed, but not necessarily practiced. My intention here and our intention is to use a murder mystery as a vehicle to raise awareness in America and perhaps throughout the world so that this, this practice loses favor, it gets attention, and maybe it can be stopped. So you have a situation where there's a huge explosion. I think right now the Muslim population of the world is almost a third of the world's population. Huge yeah. concentration in the Middle East, which we obviously know, but there's a huge concentration in Southeast Asia and Asia in general. Is it? Did it go there too? Do we have honor killings in Asia? Uh, yes, there are. So how long has the book been out? We came the out. Came out. Yeah. <laughs> the book came out in, um, I think it was, was it Octo October? August. Of, uh, August of 2020. And uh, as I said, it's it's a novel, so it's got lots of twists and turns. And it um, we call it a multicultural uh, mystery thriller because it has many different uh, cultures in it. It has other issues that are going on. Uh, in the United States, it takes place, much of it takes place in a hospital where there are protesters outside. And uh, the best thing about it is that not only that it, it talks about some of these issues, but that it is an entertainment and it is an exciting, thrilling mystery that has all kinds of surprises uh, that no one would ever guess. So uh, we're very proud of it because of that. And also because it does uh, bring awareness to some serious issues. Are you getting any pushback from it? Not yet. Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, we have had no pushback from it. And I, you know, originally we thought that we would have pushback, uh, but surprisingly, nobody has uh, come back at us with anything about that. They've mostly, um, in fact, we just did a book club last. A week with a woman named Yasmin Mohammed, who uh, was actually a former Muslim, but I believe she she left and she wrote a book called Unveiled. 
but um, we've gotten great response and great reviews from the Manhattan Book Club, from Kirkus, from the uh, San Francisco Book Club, and from the uh, producers of Monk and the producer of Dexter, which of course are great mystery shows that have been on the air. So we've been very happy that we haven't gotten pushback. We've gotten really good, good, uh, good testimonials and reviews. So, Richard, so, yeah, no, that's you, 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 you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, is is the person who's the focal point of this the hero? Is it a hero or a heroine? Who's the lead? Well, I would say it's a, it's a co-lead with the female doctor and the investigating detective. And then we also travel back in time to find out about uh, the young 15-year-old uh, Iranian girl who was attacked by her father. And we follow her journey forward. And uh, that's part of the surprise in the end of um, what happens to her. And uh, the woman who was killed, the fe a female doctor was killed, the Muslim doctor was killed, and we have to find out who did it and why. And that's part of the whodunit of the mystery. So are the, doc the doctor and the policeman uh, Iranian or something else? No, actually, the the woman, uh, the female doc, the woman who was killed was a Muslim doctor. The woman who is was her medical partner is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed gal um, from the Midwest, and the doctor is Italian, although he has a little brother who is African American. Mm. So we have a lot of blending of different cultures in it. Wow, interesting. How long is the book? Uh, hold on, I have to look and see. This is the book, <laughs> and it is 272 pages. pages. How, long it take, how long did it take you to write it? <laughs> well, the, the, the writing of this book was quite interesting because Richard and I are both, um, we are TV and film writers, and so we're used to writing... Uh, screenplays and we originally conceived of it as a screenplay but of course screenplays take longer to get made and they cost a lot of money and you have to get Hollywood interested so we had the whole treatment for the screenplay and then I said why don't we turn this into a novel and that's when I approached another uh, person who I had met who was a novelist and I said would you like to work on this novel with us because although I've written several other books they're not novels uh, and we wanted to have somebody who had that technique and that skill. So we teamed up with Mike Robinson, and Richard and I uh, took on the pen name of M.J. Richards. And the three of us uh, came out with Dishonor Thy Father. As far as how long it took, probably the actual writing itself, because we were involved in different projects, all three of us, um, probably took about a year, I'd say. Wow, but if took you about a year. If you have a vast audience of television or film producers, we're ready to talk to them. <laughs> well, and that's that is where a question that I have, uh, you know, IQL Rizzoli for the last several years has, has has talked on this program and many other programs about honor killings and the Muslim religion and, and honor killings that happen in other religions. Um do you think you'll get pushback once you guys 
get a movie or a TV show put together because of the topic? Any publicity is good publicity, right? <laughs> yes, unless they're unless they're for the same people who didn't like Sam and Rushdie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Dan, uh, getting getting back to uh, you know our first guest, Doctor Barry Taylor. You asked him the question about the uh, banning of the books. Uh, do, do, do you want to broach that with with Richard sure. and Marilyn? You, 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 I don't know whether you had a chance to hear today that uh, the Biden administration decided to ban six of Dr. Seuss's books. Oh. I, I saw that. I saw it um, just briefly, uh, uh, you know, on, on social media. It was the Biden administration that decided yes. to ban? Yes. I did not know that. I did not know it. I just saw, like I said, a little tag. And I, I, don't, I don't think that the books should be banned. Uh, I mean, we're all supposed to have freedom of speech. And I mean, look in other countries where they burned books long ago. And I know people were talking about removing Gone with the Wind from uh, Netflix or from other social media uh, or from other streamers. And uh, I think it's part of history to have these these things out. I don't know yeah. which books of Dr. Seuss's it were, but to me, that's I don't think it's the right thing to do. Well, there's the same people that are talking about wanting to ban Shakespeare. Well, that's what I'm saying. Burning books in general, you know, is what they did during during the uh, the Holocaust. And it's I don't think it's correct. You know, people can choose whether they want to read something or not. But um, I and banning his books is really kind of strange to me, although I have not read the articles or or seen the information about it i just saw a headline mm -hmm. so uh so if three years from now after your book's out and some group says that uh, you're racist and homophobic with your book uh how are you going to feel if they say it should be should be banned shouldn't be printed shouldn't be available i would feel bad because they would be wrong and but what can you do we're living in a in a very very strange time well, the other thing is, too, um, first of all, we not only, you know, talk about the honor killings, but we have other characters in it who are Muslim who, as Richard said, don't believe in it and think it's bad. So we show, we don't just show one viewpoint, we show numerous viewpoints from the same religion or from the same cultural background. But the other thing is, I, I came from a stand-up comedy background, and a lot of comics now, you couldn't have some of the famous comics of the past, if there was the hypersensitivity that there is now to all kinds of subjects. I mean, Don Rickles would never be accepted. <laughs> yeah, that would never happen. World. Uh, Mel Brooks's movies couldn't be done. In fact, I went uh, recently to an event where Mel Brooks spoke. This was before the pandemic. And, you know, he said there's no way his movies could have been made. Um, with the, I, I just think that things have gotten a little bit too hypersensitive. I mean, I'm against racism. I'm against, you know, things that are bad. But I think there's a hypersensitivity now that goes a little too far. It swings the pendulum too far to what people can do or say. And comics certainly have been affected by it, as, as now literature is as well. So the, looking back over your experience, if when you started with the screenplay, 
and decided to convert it to a novel. Um, how did it impact your life when you were writing the novel? Well, reading, doing the research that you have to do to make sure that you have this accurately and correctly, uh, it's, it, it was shocking and it was disturbing. And looking out at the world as we were living through everything that was going on, it just, I guess it just made us more hyper aware and uh, felt really bad for, a, for the women who get caught in this particular problem. How did the characters, how do the characters in your book, especially the blue-eyed blonde from the Midwest, how does she react to when she discovers what's going on? Well, the, the blue-eyed blonde from the Midwest has some of her own secrets that will be discovered along the way. So um, she's certainly horrified by the practice, and uh, but there are definitely secrets that get revealed about her that uh, are shocking to all as well. And one of the things that was interesting as we were writing it, we would talk to people about a project that we're dealing with. We would tell them about honor killings and pretty much to a person, nobody had heard of them. Yeah. They were shot. See, right. this th this is the thing that I QR Rizzoli the la last few years. Um, there's a lot of folks that don't go into some of these things. Uh, IQ, kind of speak to that, my friend. Well, I love the story. It sounds really, really interesting. Most probably I'll be buying the book on Amazon, God willing. No, no, I'm not trying to humor you. It's really very interesting. But the shocking part is 90% of humanity who is not Muslim have absolutely no idea about Islam, including 90% of our, our, your leaders in America. And well, it's not an exaggeration. I'm not exaggerating. If you ask a congressman anything about Islam, they won't know. They won't know the answer. They never bother to study. But it's lovely to listen to you, honestly. Very nice. We should send a copy to everybody in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> they you would should. never read it, even if you gave it to them free. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the other thing is, along the way, we did meet some very interesting people. When we were looking, you know, to get some testimonials, we reached out to some people, including this Yasmin Mohammed and also woman Phyllis Chesler, who wrote a book on honor killing. And so it, it's brought us to other people and projects that we wouldn't have known. So it's, the funny thing is that Richard and I usually write comedy. We've written for TV and film. I wrote for Murphy Brown. I wrote for Fame. I wrote for Carol Burnett on a show uh, with Carol Burnett and Richard Kind and Jeremy Piven. So we do a lot of comedy. And here we were delving into something much, much more dramatic yes. and, and much more serious. So that's yeah. another reason that we use the pen name MJ Richards. But Are you working on anything new? Oh, yes. Well, we, <laughs> we just uh, we wrote a romantic comedy feature that is supposed to be filmed in uh, South Africa, hope hopefully when this uh, 
pandemic is over and when things can resume that way. And um, I have a couple of other books that are out, Never Kiss a Frog, A Girl's Guide to Creatures from the Dating Swamp, and also <laughs> How to Live Like a Millionaire When You're a Million Short. And then we are doing other film and TV as well. And Richard, Richard works on something very interesting with his wife. My wife and I have a company called The Power of Play. We were original Groundlings, which is an improvisational theater company yep, yep. in L.A. We use improvisation, laughter, creativity to help people dealing with a variety of problems. We have a specialty working with people dealing with cancer. We're on staff at the Simonton Cancer Center, so we do that work. Awesome. Awesome. That is that is fantastic. Well, uh, as we wrap up here, uh, we'll start with Dan. Uh, bring us up up to speed on your nonprofit and everything, my friend. You, you, you're doing a lot of great things with that. Uh, we just added uh, two new groups last week. One is um, Marines for Life. Okay. And it's kind of an in interesting group. If you're a Marine, you can only join the group if you've been in combat. If you're a Marine and you've never been in combat, you can't join Marines for Life. And we're working with them in Pittsburgh on uh, dealing with PTSD. And then we have another group in Pittsburgh that is providing counseling for veterans uh, dealing with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and, and sleep deprivation. And we're, we continue to talk to some other groups. Hopefully we'll have something soon. Um, you just saw, I think you got it today, I just added a video blog to my repertoire of uh, yes. suck, sucking the air out of writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, explain to Marilyn and Richard here a little bit about uh, your nonprofit. I have an organization called Songs and Stories for Soldiers. My wife and I founded it seven years ago, and we're dealing with veterans who are suffering from traumatic brain injury, sleep deprivation, PTSD, and suicide prevention. And we use an old-fashioned MP3 player that comes loaded with two full-length novels and an eight-hour custom-designed audio designed to get the soldiers to REM-level sleep. We're now in 133 institutions across the country, and we're up closing in on 21,000 players given away free. We have a web website called songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. We have 3 million songs, over 100,000 audiobooks, 30,000 old-time radio shows from 1929 wow. to 1962, and then three more custom-designed eight-hour sleep audios, all downloadable to the veteran for free. That's amazing, Dan. Congratulations on doing that. I should let you know that the power of play, my wife and I have worked with military. Uh, we did a training for military psychologists and trainers. We've also worked with uh, mentally ill and homeless uh, military here in Santa Monica. And mm -hmm. uh, they, when they start playing and, and get that creativity going, it, it makes a big difference in their lives. No question, no question. Yeah, I, I think that's so wonderful. Congratulations. I mean, I personally know and have experienced the value of music particularly uh, before my father passed away years before he was on a respirator uh, for four weeks and people said say goodbye he's never coming back he's never coming back i brought in a boom box and played his favorite m music and literally the next day he woke up and it was so amazing because the first thing he said when he came out was 
my car insurance is due tomorrow. It's <laughs> right. But there's I a, there's a wonderful. The, I believe it was the music that brought him back. Yeah. On the on the songs and stories for soldiers website, there's a video of a ninety year old black man who had not spoken in five years. And he they spoke to his children and grandchildren. What kind of music did your grandfather like to listen to? They put it on an MP3 player, put up a headset, and in days he was speaking again. Wow. Yeah, I think it's totally, you know, what a wonderful thing you're doing for those veterans. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Dan, how do we get in touch with you on, on the web and everything? DanPerkins.guru. The song, the foundation is Songs and Stories for Soldiers US, and my uh, international radio show, America's Cannabis Conversation, is at w420radionetwork.com. Fantastic, IQ Rizzoli. Uh, how do we get in touch with you and get your books and everything, my friend? Well, my my book is on Amazon, Lifting the Veil: The True Faces of Muhammad and Islam. All you have to do is Google my name, Al-Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-L-I, and have a good time. Everything is free, by the way, on my web. I don't sell anything. Fantastic. So, uh, Richard and Marilyn, uh, how do we get your guys' projects and books and everything? Well, you can go to DishonorTheyFather.com is the website dishonorthyfather.com or you can go straight to Amazon by going to dishonorthyfather.us and that takes you straight to Amazon links. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. This was a really great conversation. We will definitely have to do this again. Uh, Richard, Marilyn, I appreciate it. And uh, Dan and IQ, I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank, thank you. Thank Thanks you so for having much. us on, Jiggy. Thank you, guys. And uh, there they go. And uh, we will see you next time here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on iHeartRadio, AMFM247.com. And uh, technology seems to not be against me today, which is good. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us at JiggyJagwire.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.